Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. The world is talking about the coronation of King Charles. And I've been reading a lot about the Christian implications or the Christian uh, visuals in this ceremony. And I'm thinking, what should we American Christians be thinking about this? How ought we be approaching it? Now, you might have enjoyed the pomp and circumstance. You might have gotten up early this morning and watched some of it, or you might be seeing it on the news or whatever. But I, I think this is a good opportunity for us to consider some history lessons, some civics lessons, and some, some observation about what has happened to England and what is happening to America. Let's jump right into it. I think there were some exciting things. And I've got a feeling you're going to learn some things today that you don't know or haven't known before about our history. But the first thing I think is, this is not my king. King Charles has come to the throne, the first transfer of power, shall we say, from Queen Elizabeth to, uh, I hope I got that right, uh, to the new king, King Charles, excuse me here. And this is the first time in 70 years. And there's a lot of fascination with this. Indeed, there was a the Netflix series, I believe it was, on The Crown. Roz and I watched it. We found it quite intriguing. And even though it, it handles a lot of the corruption that went on in The Crown, in the royal family, it handles it in a way that is, uh, that is appropriate to watch and not inappropriate and is not... Uh, terribly defiling like many shows on Netflix are. But now we have this new king, King Charles, and it's quite an interesting story. And people are fascinated with the royal family, the wealth, the power, the prestige, the history. But let's remember, he's not our king. He's not our king. And we fought a war to not have a king. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But before, I want to tell you about a far more interesting transfer of power, this transfer of a power to the new king, to the anointing of him, shall we say, the coronation or the anointing, and it takes much of its symbolism from the anointing of King David and King Solomon. But here we have, I want to take another, show you another date, and that's March 4th, 1787. And to me, that's a far, far more significant date than today. And it's one that we ought to be all be aware of. And my guess is you don't know. Do you know what happened on that day? March 4th, 1787. Well, that was the day that power was transferred from George Washington to John Adams, from our first president to our second president. And here's the interesting thing. The day that happened, that was the first time in the history of the world that power was transferred peacefully, without violence, from one man to another who was not related by blood. Let that sink in. In the history of the entire world, there had been transfers of power, but they were all either from blood, like we see this one. Uh, what was, uh, what's Charles's qualification to become king here? The bloodline. Genetics. It says who his parents are, who, what family he was born into. He didn't earn anything. He was born into it. This March 4th, 1787, the first time power was transferred to someone who was not of the same bloodline or transferred violently. If you weren't of the same bloodline, then it was you killed all the 
descendants, and you took power yourself. That's a pretty impressive thing. It happens now all the time. We don't even think about it. It happens in America. It happens in many countries of the world. But what an amazing thing here that the people selected a their leadership, the people voted him in, and it was transferred to it wasn't transferred to one of George Washington's sons. It was transferred to someone else peacefully. Do we appreciate how much the history of our country has changed? How it has changed the whole world, the whole way the world operates? Well, there was another thing that went on. Remember, we fought a revolution to be able to do this. We were under King, under King George back in those days. And we fought a revolution because what was what was at the heart of that revolution? Why did we want to be free from that king? Well, this had grown, the, the desire for the revolution and for self-government had grown out of this, the great awakening that happened in the 1700s. And people realized that the king isn't always right. You see, this was the idea beforehand, that the king was the representative of God and the king could do no wrong. Whatever the king said, whatever he demanded was from God. And the people began to realize, no, he's corrupt. He's a sinner. And there's too much power there. And they began to see that, our, that, that, that we are to be accountable to God directly as individuals. This was the, the same concept as it happened with Martin Luther and the, Revel, and, and the Reformation, that there's one God and one mediator between God and man, and that's Christ Jesus. And this whole hierarchy of the church was not what God had intended. And so Martin Luther led what was known as the Reformation. Well, the American Revolution led, led a rejection of that the king, it's called the divine right of kings, and that the king was the, the, the representative of God on earth, and that we were accountable to God, would hear from God, and we had to follow our conscience in that sense as we understood the word of God. And so one of the songs that the revolutionaries would sing went like this, no king but King Jesus. That's right. That was part, that was a big part of our revolutionary war. We're told it was all about taxation without representation. That was only just one part of the reason that the colonists rebelled against the king. But rather we saw that it was a matter of authority. No king, but King Jesus. That's what we fought for. The right for self-determination under God. But understand, they did not believe that freedom meant you could do anything. They, were, they weren't saying that, that I'm the king, that they were the king. They were saying Jesus is the king. We are under the authority of King Jesus. And this is why if the king of England tells us to do something contrary to, the king, to king Jesus, we're going with Jesus. He's the ultimate authority. Or as the apostles said in Acts chapter 5, we must obey God rather than men. There is a place for earthly authority. There is a place for earthly rule, but never to usurp the authority of Jesus. And this is what they were contending in the revolution, that King George had actually 
instead of representing Jesus, was usurping the authority of Jesus, and, re, and that he had denied the authority and what he was expecting of them and how he was treating them. And so they cried out, no king, but King Jesus. And King Jesus gave them victory. They secured their freedom. They established a government that allowed a transfer of power, like I said earlier, without violence, without bloodshed to a new, to a, a, someone who was not of the same bloodline. It's an amazing thing we have, an amazing gift that many of us don't appreciate. What they were truly speaking against, fighting against in the first, in the revolution, they were fighting against tyranny. They were fighting against tyranny. There is this, yesterday we talked about greed and the lust for power. And there is this insatiable desire of wicked men to have power over others, to tell others how to have to live their lives. And we, we as Americans believe, but we as Americans believe that we are free under God. And this idea of freedom is spread to the world. But freedom just to ourselves won't work. This was what the French Revolution was. They didn't believe in God. They were, they were deniers of God. And they sought to have a revolution, and it failed, and it was, a, it was a bloodbath. What we have seen is freedom under God. And indeed, our founders believed that we could only be free from tyranny of man if we were under the authority of God. You see, this is the big struggle we face in our country today. We, have, we, we started freedom from the king and the, the, the tyranny of the king to be free under God. There's been a battle and struggle in our country. I think it really came to a head in the 60s, and we've been seeing it ever since. And that is the, to redefine freedom as I can do whatever I want. That will never work. That's what Judges talks about. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. And there you just have a divided world, and it's, it's weakened, and it turns against itself, and it implodes. Our freedom is only free under God. I just want to say one other thing here about King Charles. The, the, the British crown, some people are even wondering, should they have one anymore? It's lost so much authority. It's lost so much. It's, it's now just pretty much a figurehead. What does it say that there's so much, as I understand, so much Christian uh, imagery and scripture read and songs sung in the coronation of the king? And yet it's like King Charles has become a postmodern, non, non-Christian non per se, so, so worldly-minded that he has really denied the faith. As a matter of fact, one of the terms for the king or the queen, the crown, one of the terms is the defender of the faith. This was actually bestowed on King Henry, was it? In Henry VIII in, in the 1500s because he stood against the Reformation. And the Pope gave him the title Defender of the Faith. Well, then the Pope, or the, then King Henry VIII wanted to have a uh, divorce and remarry. And in order to do that, the Pope wasn't happy. So in order to do that, they broke away and started the Church of England. He probably wasn't happy he gave them that term, the Defender of the Faith, but he's continued to hold it. The Defender of the Faith, the Defender of the Christian Faith. 
that's the that was the the responsibility of the crown to defend the faith and they've and it's not been done in fact uh king charles now has said he would prefer to just be called the defender of faith the defender of faith as if there's it doesn't matter if what you believe it's just as long as you believe something no, friends, we believe there is the faith, the Christian faith. It's not open to believe whatever you want. That's humanism. That's humanism to say that all that matters is I believe something. No, we're called to believe what God reveals. We're called to be under the authority of God. We reject the divine right of kings, but in doing so, we submit ourselves to the authority of King Jesus. We don't just say, I can decide for myself what to believe, what to, what to do. And as a result, it seems like the crown has become, dare I say, something that we're warned would be in the last days, for men would be, would be holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. And Paul says, avoid such men of these, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. Indeed, that's what we've seen if you watched the coronation, a lot of forms of godliness, a lot of scripture, a lot of pomp and ceremony happens in a church, an anointing, so much that we get from the Bible. Like I said earlier, the anointing of, of, of King David and King Solomon, so much of what the, it was done today was taken from those examples in the Bible, and yet denying its power turning away from the true power of the gospel of Jesus Christ and accepting the wisdom of men, the thinking of men, the, the, the rebellion of men, denying the power that God gives us in the gospel. And so what's he say? Avoid such men as these. Now, that doesn't mean you're not allowed to watch the coronation. doesn't mean not, you're not allowed to be impressed with all their wealth and all the pomp and ceremony. But let's be glad God has delivered us from that. Let's be glad that God has given us freedom. But our freedom is a gift from God and it's to be only exercised under the authority of God. Not saying I'm free now and so therefore I'll be king. You see, it doesn't, it doesn't help to go from the tyranny of the king to the tyranny of self. Both of them are bad. Both of them are corrupt. Both of them are the path of destruction. We reject the tyranny of the king and the tyranny of self to be under the divine kingship of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's where life is found. Amen? Father in heaven, we thank you for the freedom we have under our king, the king of the kingdom of God, Jesus Christ. And we willingly submit to you because we know that your rule is good and right and true and just. There's no unrighteousness in you. There's nothing wrong in you. There's nothing unjust in you. There's nothing uh, unkind in you. And we thank you that you have offered us and given us, those of us in the kingdom have freely received mercy, grace, loving kindness, and goodness from our God. We love you. We thank you. We appreciate the freedom you've given us. Oh, Lord, we even see, as we see it more and more, though, people coming under the tyranny of self and that the circle goes back. It won't be long before evil men seek to take power and have tyranny over others. Oh, Lord, we pray for continued freedom in our land. We pray for freedom to worship you. We pray for freedom 
uh, of uh, to to walk in your ways. We pray for freedom so that we can live the Christian life in godliness and dignity without the persecution and tyranny of a, of a wicked government. We pray for this in our land. We appreciate what you've done. We reaffirm the kingship of, kingship of Jesus Christ. And Father, as we see and watch even the history of England, many of us don't know much about it, but as we've seen how the, they have strayed so far from, they, they've got all these religious, all these biblical, all these Christian uh, images in this coronation. And it reminds us they came to power and, and great blessing and great increase and abundance and wealth as they sought to honor you. But Lord, they're forfeiting that. We believe that's happening. Lord, it looks like we're forfeiting that in our country as well. But we pray in our own lives we be people who honor you and never depart from our faith in Jesus Christ. We, we affirm today we don't just have faith. We have the faith, the faith in the one and only true God and one way to eternal life through Jesus Christ. We bless you, love you, and are so grateful today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Well, it's important we know our history. It says if you don't, it, those who don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. And indeed, this, arc, this march to freedom and freedom of religion, freedom, that's the first of the, in our first, first amendment, the first one mentioned, the freedom of religion is so important, and we're grateful to have it. Hey, so glad to have you along with us today. We come here and get in the Word of God every single day, 8.30 a.m. live, uh, live East, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, live each day. But you can watch this video later in the day, or you can even listen to this podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. I hope if you're new, you'll join us, subscribe to the channel, tell your friends, like the video, introduce yourself, tell me where you're from. I always like to know. And I'll respond and say hi back to you as well. So glad to have you along and God bless you. Until we meet tomorrow, might God give you strength, peace, wisdom, and courage to live for him in these days. I love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.